on today's episode of Man vs. Marriage, we got some crap to figure out. That's about the best way I could put it. <laughs> the podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. We're so happy that you have joined us. And it is I, the Q, digger the dog in the studio with my beautiful wife, Jeannie Moran. Jeannie, please say what's up. What's up? Yeah. So now that we got that underway, um, we want to uh, we want to tell you how to contact us. And you can email us at coach at man versus marriage podcast.com. Coach at man versus marriage podcast.com. And join us on Facebook for the fun at MVSM podcast. And uh, that's where you can reach out, connect to us, and uh, we can start building some kind of a meaningful relationship together to take your relationship wherever you want it to go. All right, honey. So. Trying to figure out this uh, this show situation. There's so many there's so many things that are running through my head. I want to start this little uh, mini episode or mini sode series um, that's really really centered around figuring out what I did in the beginning to make all this possible. Because I've done we've done a bunch of shows, uh, well over fifty shows now, and. I gave tips in the beginning, and then we shared part of our journey, some wins, some losses, but I'm really interested. It just dawned on me. I need to know what I did in the beginning to turn some things around for us because we were in a tough spot. Um, I don't know what to call this show. I just know that I want to get some perspective from you on what it is I'm looking for if I can figure that out. And I guess the first thing I want to I want to ask you is, uh, from a woman's perspective, what does a woman look at when she's kind of trying to gauge her marriage, whether it's a positive and negative, it's good, it's bad, it's surviving where she is? Can you give us some insight on that? Um, I was mainly focused on your reaction or your responses to me. Were you avoiding me? Were you um, wanting to spend time with me? Were you touching me at all? Um, you know, obviously the sex life is a huge factor. Um, that's pretty much it, I think, in the beginning. And we just kind of went from there. Okay. So just listening to you, you know, and I know that every every woman's not the same, but you're my woman. So we'll focus on that. And then, guys, you got to know, you, you have to seek to understand or learn who uh, her your, who your woman is. So just take our journey for an example. Well, there's a difference in, in how you look at things here. I'm not saying, you know, you didn't, weren't talking to me at all. Obviously, if you're not talking to your wife, you have an issue. But it things at that time when they weren't going so hot, we were just in passing conversation. It was, you know, about the kids, about money. Um, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. You good? Yeah, we're good. Okay. And that was pretty much it. Um, if it's stale, if it's not actual conversation, 
Um, same with touching. You know, you could sit on the couch and, and hold my hand or touch my arm, but that's not quite the same as when we're cuddled on the couch, actually, you know, engaged with each other and things like that. So it, it's it depends on her and what she likes. Obviously, you need to know those things. If you don't, you need to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that that's make, where that we were. That makes perfect sense. So what what would have been good for me is to, is to kind of find out during that, even when we were going through hard times, um, kind of like Coach Rita taught us, what does a good marriage look like to you? I don't know why I never thought of that. And then I needed to look at what does a good marriage look like to me because I figured at that time my role was about providing, you know, the the man is the provider. And that's why I ranked us at a seven um, because I was doing my best to provide um, as far as the finances went. We were struggling underwater. That's why I wasn't a 10 because, mm-hmm. you know, all of our needs were not met necessarily. And you were looking at it more of a, more of a, an emotional and physical, like, con- connection standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I was not around very much because I was always out chasing the next dollar to make, which I thought was the right thing. But it was more, that didn't have, that wasn't how you were looking at it. No. So I, we, at the time, I needed a lot more than just knowing the bills were going to be paid. Yeah. And I remember my I remember my initial reaction when you were having your ultrasound and uh for your second pregnancy. You know, I had Hunter. I was holding Hunter. We had a bet going on that it was um twins. Twins. What did I say? It wasn't twins. You said it was or was that was it in the reverse? I said it was twins. You said no it wasn't because um everybody had told you you're always bigger with your second pregnancy. Okay. And then, so we told this uh, person doing the ultrasound that we had a bet going on and she was like, well, it's not twins. And I was like, winner. And she said, it's triplets. And at that point I felt weak. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, I'm pretty starchy white anyway, as far as my pigment, (laughs) but, uh, I'm certain that, uh, I went Fifty Shades of White. You're right. <laughs> um, so in that in that case, that my first thought, you know, I'm always I thank God for life. Period. But it, my I remember distinctly my first thought is how am I ever going to provide for four kids when I'm struggling so hard to provide for one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know my need for positive affirmation that I was not receiving at the house. And my desire to provide for the family drove me outside um, of the home to really try and accomplish something big so that uh, eventually our financial needs would be met when more important than to you than the financial needs being met was that I was actually present and you needed me, the person there, to connect with you emotionally, physically, and to support you because of all the all the mayhem that was going on in our life at that time. It was no easy thing. No, and I think the pattern that we, we had, which I'm sure everybody has, is 
my need wasn't being met emotionally and um, there, there wasn't enough connection for me. There wasn't enough support for me. So your need of being affirmed in what you were doing was not being met, which just kind of compiled what we had going on. Um, we had a lot of years in the beginning, and I think a lot of people do this because you're young and you're married and, you know, people around you have been married longer than you, so you automatically take what's given as yeah. advice or and, – and some is done in, in good nature. I, I appreciated it at the time. Looking back, I wish I would have had more um, – I just wish I would have had more guts to say, yeah, I should probably not – listen to this this or that but um it wasn't just the four kids it was the outside voices that were telling us what we should and shouldn't do Mm -hmm. there were outside voices telling me what you should be doing and how you should be doing and others i'm sure that were talking to you about how it was our fault that this happened and you know it, it was we had a lot of stuff coming against us so we really didn't take the time to sort through all of that we just kind of shoved it all in a closet and mowed through our day. Yeah. Um, and then you compile putting me in the hospital for so long and what that did to my mood and my demeanor and, you know, the every day was different. One day we would be doing great and the next day we're on edge on whether or not we're going into the OR. So there was a lot compiling in those first few years. Yeah. And I don't think we both knew each other well enough to know the signs of, you know, it's one thing when you're snarky with somebody and, and you have an attitude. Yeah, okay, I definitely know there's something wrong with you today. But it's another thing to know your spouse so well that you could just look across the room and you could be smiling and happy with everybody else and having a great time. I will know mm-hmm. when something's off. But it took us taking the time to really get to know each other well enough to figure out, no, something's something's definitely not okay here. We didn't do that in the beginning. So it was just kind of whatever you gave me is what I took. Yeah. Um, and I think that that just compiled over years because once we finally started digging and figuring each other out, learning who the other person is, you know, when you first get married, and this may sound like I'm a hypocrite because this is not what we did, but I would suggest taking the first two years at least just to get on your own two feet i'm not saying ignore your family but you got to kind of put them on the back burner a little yeah and spend some time figuring yourselves out because moving in with somebody for the first time is not easy um you know learning somebody's habits my habits drive you crazy for the first year in that apartment you wanted to choke me and i i understand that but at the same time we didn't we never discussed it we just said okay we're married we're moving in mm-hmm. there there was never any look seeing paper stacked on a desk makes your eyes twitch mm-hmm. had i not seen it for myself i would have never known for me i can pile bills in a corner on the table and leave them there and it doesn't bother me as long as it's paid i really don't care eventually it all goes in the trash anyway but that's not how Quincy works. <laughs> Quincy, Quincy can't do stacks of anything anywhere. But we didn't know those things. Right. Um, that that was a huge problem, I think, is we just went with who we were when we were dating and just assumed that that person was going to be 
just perfect when we moved in together and everything was going to mesh and mm-hmm. it just didn't. And then we had Hunter a year later. We were pregnant and that just shifted everything. Everything. Yeah. And you add a year and a half later and we've got triplets coming and that just blew everything out of the water. Yeah. And I, you know, I, what I'm looking at for us guys is the, the thing I had to say was what the heck did I do when we were in such a really tough place that kind of gave us some hope that our marriage had a chance because it could have ended. It could have, it could have just ended if we didn't put, you know, if we didn't come together and, and decide to work this thing out. And so, you know, I had asked you, you know, questions about what did I, what did I do? And, you know, the, what you said to me, and then I kind of just wrote it down was I took the time to see you as a person, not just as my wife or as a mom, but I took time to see you, Jeannie. You started paying attention. Yeah. There's a huge difference between um, coming home and seeing me doing the dishes, making dinner, running through my daily routine, and coming in, stopping what I'm doing, giving me a hug, saying hello, and gauging how am I actually, where can you help, what can you do. I mean, that the difference for me when you come home now, when you wrap your arms around me just to let me know you're home, I instantly relax. It's just a natural response now. Back then, I was always tense. I was always on edge. I was always frustrated because there was just so much going on. And... When you got home, I didn't relax. I went to checkout mode because yeah. there's another adult in the house. I I'm done. And I do I do remember, I do remember that. And I've always I always wanted to be that husband whose touch could, you know, change the mood, not just sexually. Although I you know always trying to up my game there, um, or be the kind of dad that would bring peace, you know, or comfort to my kids. Um, but I know very much during that time, whenever I would come home, it was like the litany of all the things the kids did wrong. And then you were bailing, Mm -hmm. but that's all, that's all you could do because you were under so, so much duress, you know, with autism and, and kids and, you know, finding out what you needed is what helped me make the change because I became intentional about that. You well, know? see, and that's where the, the switch is for me. When you started asking me what I needed, I had to actually take time to think about what do I need him to do? Because my first response is just handle the kids. Yeah. Just take the load from me. But that wasn't really what I needed to some degree. Yes. But what I really needed was to be, seen as myself Mm -hmm. and as your wife and not as the mom the maid the taxi driver the all these other hats that i'm wearing throughout the day and when we finally sat down and went okay what is it that you need to happen and there were some nights i didn't know but you would come home and say you know what you you're kind of stressed why don't you let me handle this you go take a bath go relax for a little bit reset and we'll start again you were noticing things about myself that I wasn't catching. Yeah. You know, that is huge. I think the, the main difference was we became aware. 
Awareness so is the biggest thing in anything that you do for yourself, for your spouse, for your kids. If you're aware of what's right and what's not, then you know how to gauge and how to react. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times um, I may not notice I'm in a funky mood. Something may have spun me and I just didn't catch it and I roll with it. You usually catch that before I do in a lot of situations, especially if our day is crazy and we've got a lot going on. Yeah. Um, but as far as what created the hope or how did you know we had hope, you created it. I you, created the hope. You you gave me something to look forward to. Something was changing. Even if it was um, as simple as just coming in and stopping me from making dinner long enough because now you come in and you hold me when you you come in from work you come in you put your arms around me and you hold me while i'm making dinner you don't let go until my body relaxes Mm -hmm. that's a difference it used to just be come in and give me a hug and a kiss and move on it's holding out until something changes i think is what it it really was word i love that even in conversation constantly asking questions you know i i fight questions depending on what they are no not like yesterday (laughs) but (laughs) shut it um but there are times when you just either change the way you're asking it or you explain it and re-ask it until we get to a point where either this is just not going anywhere right now and we need to table it or something shifts and the tone changes and the attitude changes like okay now i i get it we can go somewhere the hope is created it's not something you can look at somebody and go yeah there's a little bit there i think the hope has to be created you have to be willing to do something and keep doing something until it changes that is great we we're going to have to wrap this episode up here pretty quick because otherwise we'll get into it and we won't be calling them mini-sodes anymore. It'll just be a full-on man versus marriage episode. I want to give you some advice, buddy. Yeah, you, that handsome stud that you're looking at in the rear view or you're at the gym pumping iron, getting down on the way, just getting it done like a beast. Anyway, I want to give you some advice, okay? I'm going to ask you to take your wife to dinner. But I, I, what I would like is if uh, you could ask her, maybe on the way to dinner, um, to listen to this episode with you. Listen to this episode together. And maybe at dinner, you can put your phones away. And you can start to ask the questions. What did you think, what were your hopes and dreams for our marriage when this thing got started? And then you can kind of refer to mine and Jeannie's experience um, And then you can get on the path to creating hope. Even if your marriage is good, like our marriage is great right now, but we still have room to grow. And we're constantly evolving as people. And we need to stay on top of that and be intentional. And I I couldn't have said it any better than Jeannie did. Um, And I'm glad glad that that's kind of recognized. I created hope. And you can do the same, dude. You really can. Um... So yeah, get on it. That's your homework from the Q dog. Um, Go create some hope. Ask your wife about her marriage, her desires. Share yours, what you wanted your marriage to be, what it was going to look like. And then dang it, get out there and get it done. Go create some hope for yourself. Um, Ask the questions. Listen, put the phone away. That's my best advice for this episode. And until the next one, make sure that... uh, 
Make sure that you reach out to us and let us know your successes or your failures. Don't try it once and give up. You got to be in it for the long haul. Until the next episode, this is the Q, Diggity Dog, and we are out. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast.